0: are listening to the Branded Cowgirl podcast episode 113. What is up you guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you're having a fabulous day so far. Um, today's episode is going to be kind of just like a chatty episode a little bit. I don't have anything super like crazy scripted planned out. Um, I was just thinking the other day, I was kind of going over where I want this show to go in 2023, things that I want to talk about. I was listening to some other podcasts, kind of just trying to get inspired um, and figure out how I can make this show more impactful for you guys and um, just kind of stand out a little bit more, I guess. And I started to think that I feel like lately I've been a little bit on a hamster wheel of just trying to be super valuable in the sense of like business education um, constantly and not having much to really relate to and I don't know maybe this is just me maybe you guys feel differently but while I love content like that um, I also want to connect with you guys and part of this show is kind of a lifestyle show Um, it's mostly marketing and business and things like that but it is about rural lifestyle too and just motherhood and family and things like that Um, and just as an entrepreneur the lifestyle that comes with that as well And so while today I have some business things I want to talk about, it's more so kind of just going to be a chatty episode of where I'm at um, with some decisions that I've recently made and kind of what brought up those decisions and where I'm going and if it's something that you guys think that you might need to do in the future um, specifically for photographers because obviously that's been my industry for quite a while now um, then this is going to be for you I'm going to be talking a lot about my associate photography team that I've recently brought on um And just how I decided to come to that decision and how I choose people to be a part of my team, kind of the mindset that I've had to learn, um, some challenges and mistakes I've made along the way and things I've learned in the process since hiring people and, um, you know, just how I feel overall of kind of coming to the conclusion that I think it's time for me to step away from weddings. So just a lot of different things are going to be discussed in this episode. It's just going to be kind of a chatty girl sit down hangout time. So I hope that this is something that you guys are interested in listening to. If it is, grab a cup of coffee. I've got mine right here in my mug that says not today. So uh, yeah, grab your cup of coffee and let's get on into it. Hey, you're listening to the Branded Cowgirl Podcast hosted by yours truly. My name is Sarah Elrod and I'm a serial entrepreneur through and through, but most importantly, I'm a wifey, a mama, and pretty much a crazy horse lady. I started this podcast based on an old saying my husband once told me, that every successful rancher has a wife that works in town. And being the stubborn, wannabe homesteading housewife that I am, I decided that why do I have to work in town in order to contribute? So I made it my mission to teach other rural women and entrepreneurs how to grow thriving brands online from way out yonder. Whether you live out in the middle of nowhere, have to take a dirt road to get there, or if you're just a mama who wants to stay home raising babies and cows someday, this is the place for you. On this show, we talk about marketing, social media, branding, content creation, Western lifestyle, and so much more. We believe that business does not have to be boring and that you can never own too many pairs of cowboy boots. So grab a coffee and your favorite notebook and let's saddle up and get to work. This is the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. Calling all photographers. Do you struggle with coming up with content ideas throughout the year and knowing what to post every single day? Trust me, I get it. I've been there and I have a solution. I've created a brand new resource just for you. It's an entire year's worth of content pre-planned out so you will not have to think about what to post for the entire year of 2023. Literally, I am not kidding. This resource is a calendar style resource that provides 12 months worth of content, what days to post, what days to take a break, prompts on what to post exactly, or just inspiration for ideas. It's the end all be all for your content for this year and I cannot wait for you to get your hands on this. Head to sarahelrod.com slash year of content or you can also go to the Sarah Elrod shop to find it as well. That's sarahelrod.com slash year of content or sarahelrod.com slash shop. Last year, right around the time that I found out I was pregnant, I announced that I was going to be hiring an associate photography team. And this was something that I had been thinking about for a while. Um, It's been honestly a few years in the making but I could just never quite find the courage to pull the trigger on it. It was something I knew I needed to do and that I wanted to do eventually, but I didn't know anybody else who personally had done it and I was scared just not knowing what that was gonna look like for me and for my business. And I think finding out that I was gonna have a baby kind of just gave me that push over the edge, that final ounce of confidence, you know, a boost that I needed to do this because I knew from that moment, like once I had the baby and once he was going to be here, that my whole life as I knew it was going to change and it was going to look different. And I knew that I maybe didn't fully understand quite how much it was going to, but um, I I knew things were going to be different. And I knew also that I didn't want to spend as much time away once he was here. So um, that was kind of just the final push for me to decide to go into this direction. Um... You know, I was 17, I believe, right around there when I decided that I wanted to be a photographer as a career. Um, I started taking photography classes in high school. And the reason I even decided to take a photography class in high school was because, and some of you may already know the story, but I, when I got my first horse when I was 14, I was a freshman. I'd been riding since I was like six or seven, so I've been riding a lot of my life, but I never had my own horse, and then I bought my first horse on my own um, when I was 14, and basically... I started I was I mean totally obsessed as any young girl with a horse would be. Um, I would take my mom's camera and go out to the barn and just like take these pictures of him and videos with him and there was like this whole horse girl community on YouTube and you would make these like videos with music in the background and I mean it sounds so cheesy and I mean really it is and if I ever watch these videos back I totally cringe But they were so just dreamy to me at the time and I thought that they were just so beautiful and I was so talented as a videographer really um so that's kind of what pushed me into wanting to take photography class in high school is I was already kind of interested in that sort of thing so I started doing photography and I just really loved it I love taking pictures of people and things like that and um so that kind of pushed me and I took a few I I think I took three different classes in high school for photography and so by the time I got to senior year it was like time to start thinking about college and I was not the kind of person that wanted to go to college I absolutely hated the idea of going away to college but it wasn't really an option in my house to not go to college um so I I mean I wanted to be a business owner I wanted to do something with horses I wanted to do something with photography and um I mean, I ended up doing both actually. Worked as a horse trainer, worked as a photographer. So it was pretty cool. Um, but I, I had to go to college. So I literally just signed up for a community college because I was like, I'm not getting into debt and going to university. That's not, that is not my thing. So, I just decided to sign up for community college. I literally majored in photography, um, which will do absolutely nothing for me if all else fails in my life. So, good job, Sarah. Should have at least gotten like a business degree or something, but I didn't because I am a brat and I was like, if I have to do something, I'm just going to get in and get out as fast as I possibly can with the easiest possible degree that (laughs) I can get. So that's pretty much what I did. Anyway, that's totally a side story. But for a really long time, I never wanted to do weddings. I, and I think all photographers probably say that at one point or another, I feel like everybody I've ever talked to is like, oh yeah, I never wanted to do weddings. They stressed me out. But eventually I second shot my first wedding and I realized they were just not as stressful as I thought they would be. And I became completely obsessed with them. I'd always really loved weddings. As a kid, I was in my aunt's wedding and I think that was the first wedding I even like attended was my aunt's wedding and I was a junior bridesmaid and I just thought it was so amazing and cool. And I mean, every little girl like dreams about her wedding day. So I kind of loved being able to go be a part of other people's wedding days and just like dream about my own wedding one day. And I really, really loved that. And so I, I com- became completely obsessed with weddings and meeting these amazing couples and hearing their stories. And I just thought it was such a beautiful thing. Um, but 17 year old me, Just never really thought too much about the future and what becoming a full-time wedding photographer was going to mean. And as a single person, it's a great gig. Like, you make a really good amount of money, especially right from the get-go. I feel like, I mean, you don't have to be a wedding photographer to make good money in this industry. I know people that are solely, like, boudoir photographers and um you know family photographers that charge just as much as I would for a wedding um you know and they and they make a killing at it um so it's definitely possible to not do weddings and still make just as much money but I do feel like there's kind of this stigma that and it's true like you could charge a lot more for a wedding from the get-go than you probably could as a family photographer kind of thing um and like I said as a single person it's great you make good money but And I also wasn't really into like the party scene in those younger years. Um, I just didn't mind spending all my Saturdays at weddings um, instead of bars or like going out with people. Um, I was just kind of in big time hustle mode after high school. And I think we've all probably experienced that from one time or another, you know, hustle culture can, you know, kind of take over your life. And I feel like everybody's probably gotten in those moods where like, you're just going to make a lot of money and you're just going to grind and do all these things. And I mean, it worked. Like I was able to save up a really good amount of money um, for where I was at in life. I felt like, and I, I mean, I don't know this for sure, but I felt like I probably had more money than a lot of my peers at that point in time because of my choices. And That's great and all, but it was only sustainable for so long before that really turns into burnout. And as I got older, my priorities shifted as they do. And I went from being all about work and making money to wanting to settle down and get married and have babies. And, you know, being a young mom was always like a pretty big goal of mine. And frankly, I always imagined I would be much younger than I am now, to be honest, when I had my first baby. Even though I had my first baby at 26, I thought I'd be like 22 or 23 or something. And I don't know, as I started to enter into like the family building years of my life, I mean, really even before that, before thinking seriously about having a baby, I was just dating, you know, in the dating scene. And I just started to notice how conflicting my job was becoming with my normal day-to-day life like some of the most fun months of the year i think are the fall months it seems like there's always so much to do and there's so many fun events happening in like the month of october you know there's pumpkin patches festivals all, all kinds of things like that but october also happens to be one of the busiest wedding months of the year um Maybe that's different for other states, but definitely over here on the West Coast. October's a huge, busy wedding month. And for years, October would come and go, and I would find myself missing out on so many fun activities with my friends, boyfriends, family members you name it. I was having to say, Nope, I have a wedding. I mean, it was to the point of like, I was so booked up out in advance that like, you know, somebody would even try to book something with me, like a friend would try to say, let's do this, you know, next October or whatever. And I'd be like, no, I already have like five weddings for the month of October next year. So it's just it would get like frustrated. And part of it's my own fault. I probably should have just had better boundaries and said I'm only going to take two weddings in the month of October instead of filling up every single day that I possibly could. But again, it's easy to do to just keep saying yes to things. And then you get to October and you regret your life choices and it's a spiral and you go down the rabbit hole. And yeah, it's it's a hot mess. Um, And don't get me wrong. Like when I say all of this, I know it might sound like I'm complaining. I don't want it to come off like that because I absolutely love being at weddings, too. Like, I loved it so while yes I was sad to not be able to go do things with my friends I was still so stoked to be able to go hang out with uh, people that are in love on their wedding day and it was their best day ever and that's that's so fun to me Um, but being pulled in these two different directions is really so hard like you you just feel like you have these two passions like you want to be with your family you want to have your life but you also love your job and love what you do and, and you feel like you're just caught somewhere in the middle and that's that's really hard. So the longer things like that went on, the more I started thinking, wow, I when I decided to become an entrepreneur, like when I knew like I wanted to be my own boss, I did that because I wanted to have more time for myself. But this feels like less time. It feels like I'm always saying no to the things that I want to do. And that's not why I decided to take this path in life. And in November of last year, so really not even that long ago just a few months after my son was born, there was this family event that was happening on the same day that I had a wedding. And this family event was not even a like super joyful, fun thing by any means. Um, It was actually a funeral, but it was something that a bunch of Tyler's family was going to be at. And I had a wedding that same day. And I so vividly remember Dropping my husband off and my brand new son off in a parking lot with Tyler's parents at a restaurant and I drove away in tears because I was going to miss out on a whole day with them and I mean I have major FOMO like this is no no news I don't know like what I'm trying to say I just have a lot of FOMO like I am totally the person that wants to be there for everything I say yes to so many things because I want to be a part of everything. And it's so hard for me, even on a day like that, where it wasn't going to be like a super fun, exciting day. I just, I would have loved to been able to spend time with family and I had to go to a wedding instead. And like I said, it's not, you know, once I get there, I'm totally happy. I'm in the zone. I'm doing what I love. Like, it's just, it's a weird line to walk where you're, you just feel like you want to be in two places at once. Um, And that wasn't the first time that I'd gone through something like that, but it was one of the times that i had told myself you know something needs to change this this isn't working anymore so in 2022 i had my trial run of hiring associates because my son was born and there was a wedding day that i was absolutely going to have to miss um it was the weekend of his due date and obviously I wasn't going to be there. So there, and then there was also a couple of other shoots that I was able to hand off as well that helped me kind of get my toes wet, I guess, without having to dive head first um, right away. But this year for me in 2023, I plan on utilizing my associates even more as much as I possibly can. And at the beginning of this year, I announced that I was actually going to be doing my last year of weddings altogether and that any booked weddings for the year of 2024 would go straight to my associates. Now, I have no idea how this is going to work out. There's a good chance that brides are not going to want to book me just to have me send someone else out um, to go capture their wedding day and I totally get that. It's totally, um, you know, a experiment and I'm not banking on it working out. But I did want to just leave the option open for anybody who may be interested. And I've actually had some close friends say that they are so happy that I have this option because they want me to be the photographer at their wedding, but they also want me to be a bridesmaid. So this kind of allows me to do both. Um, I can still give them the experience I give as a photographer and uh, provide them with my style of photos, but I can also just be present on their wedding day and not have to work. So I think that's um, a really awesome thing as well. So, I don't know, kind of stepping into this role of hiring, like I said, this episode's kind of all over the place. I don't really have like my thoughts totally together for this, but I wanted to just talk a little bit about, this is something that I've had on my brain for a while, as I've walked through this experience of hiring people and figuring out what that looks like and what it looks like to really be a CEO. And I know we're all like, oh, we're CEOs because we're entrepreneurs. And I mean, yeah, girl be that CEO but I do feel like it's a you know you can be a CEO and be a solopreneur and you're the only one that works for your business and everything like that's great and all but I feel like when you actually have people underneath you and now you're sending people off to go do a job for under your name it's like a whole different kind of pressure (laughs) Um, and I mean it takes pressure off of you because it's like kind of nice sending people out and like you know, that first weekend when I'm snuggling my brand new baby and uh, these f- awesome photographers that I t- fully trusted with my whole life, they went and shot this wedding and I'm sitting on my couch holding my baby and they're doing my job. And I'm like, this is pretty great. I love this. Um, so that was really cool. Um, but it, it is, a, it's pressure because if they mess up, it's on you. And so, I have had to kind of figure out what type of person I want to bring on to my team. How I figure out what kind of person they are. How do I know that they're a certain type of person? Um, I've also just run into like different situations where I people I don't know kind of feel entitled I guess and this is nobody that's on my team currently um I just as I've kind of gone through the vetting process I've just realized that people believe like have certain beliefs I guess about especially pay getting paid in an industry like this that I don't know I've tried talking to my husband about it because he's kind of in a similar position at work um where he is you know a leader to people and he's the boss and whatever and I've talked to him about it like is this how it is in your industry and he's like no um this is how it is and and I feel like it's just photography is kind of a weird industry where people can tend to feel I guess maybe more entitled than I feel like they should be I don't know um and I don't want that to come off wrong because I am all about knowing your worth I'm totally that person like charge what you're worth but I'll I'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into what I mean about that just from what I've experienced um and you know whatever. If you disagree with me, that's fine. Um, But basically what I first need to make clear is that uh, my associate team is... They are subcontracted photographers. They're not my employees, um, which I personally like better because I don't have to have like a payroll. Um, I don't have to do all the other legalities. Is that a word? Legalities that come with having like actual employees. They are their, they are their own business and my business is hiring their business essentially. And so I personally like that method a little bit better. Um, but I will just get into a little bit about the payment. So I don't know, paying associates and second shooters and and all those things is kind of a weird concept if you think about it, because I charge. So for me personally, to go out on a shoot, I charge $600. Like this is me being fully transparent with you on pricing. My sessions are minimum $600. Now. I, if I were to go out as a second shooter for somebody on a wedding day, I would get paid probably half of that to second shoot a wedding. Um, And that's just kind of how it goes. And I don't really know why, but it's pretty standard to get paid like, I don't know, I'd say three to five hundred dollars to shoot a wedding as a second shooter. And I get it. You're not editing the images. You really just show up, take the pictures, pass them off and leave. And that's it. But Again, like it's like eight to ten hours potentially where you're getting paid a fraction of the price of what I could make in an hour's work. Um, Really, I mean, an hour of shooting at least. And so I don't really know why that started. And I it's a weird position again to be in because and I know some second shooters that charge more than that. And they're getting paid eight hundred dollars to second shoot a wedding, whatever. But this is why I stopped second shooting. Um, I do not do any second shooting jobs. I I completely am over it. Um, It's just not worth my time being that most of the weddings that I get asked to second shoot for are an hour to two hours away. And so if I'm only getting paid $300 to drive an hour there, an hour back and be there eight hours (laughs) throughout the day, like it's just not worth it to make so little. Um, So I don't second shoot at all anymore. And um, but I just what I've known and and so I don't really know, I guess, what my thoughts are because (laughs) as the lead photographer hiring a second shooter you know i don't necessarily have it budgeted in to pay somebody a thousand dollars to come second shoot for me either and granted yeah i could just if i was getting paid twenty thousand dollars to shoot a wedding then sure um you know and maybe the photographers that are booking ten thousand dollar weddings like it's a little different in that instance and for sure if i was booking high-end weddings that are paying me 10 grand or more, sure. Like, I would totally be willing to spend a um, thousand plus dollars on a second shooter, but I know that's not the case for so many people, and most of us don't can't afford to spend more than a few hundred dollars. So, it's just a weird thing in our industry that I've never quite understood how that became the standard and the norm. But with that being said, um, I feel like there's this weird dance because as you are getting hired as a second shooter and as you are getting hired as an associate shooter you are your own business right so you could charge whatever you want to charge what I've noticed is second shooters and associates a lot of times get frustrated that the lead photographer is only charging or only willing to pay whatever they're paying so let's say it is three hundred dollars to come second shoot now Again, I've expressed that's not worth it to me. You're going to have to pay me a lot more than $300 to come second shoot a wedding day for you. But to somebody who's just getting started, who is new to the industry or just, I don't know, is in a different situation, that might be totally worth it to them. They might not care about getting paid $300 for an eight hour day. So what I don't understand, and I mean, maybe I'm contradicting myself because I kind of just vented about it, but is how... People can get, they almost feel like they are owed more than that. Like, I don't know. I guess, what am I trying to say? I should have written out some bullet points or something. But basically, you as the photographer that is hiring the other photographer, so whether that is you're hiring out an associate photographer or you are the lead photographer at a wedding and you're hiring a second photographer You are your own business and you get to decide how much you're willing to pay somebody, right? So I could set the price and say, I am willing to pay somebody $50 an hour to come, you know, be an associate for me or to second shoot a wedding for me. Now you as the associate photographer or the second shooter that is inquiring about this job could say, well, my rate is $55 an hour. And or you could just see that I'm posting, I'm willing to pay $50 an hour and you can say yes or no. Yes, I'm willing to pay that. I will inquire or get paid that I'm willing to acquire or not and move on. Um, what I've noticed is I've had it, you know, I like what I tend to do is honestly ask people their rates. So I don't usually list out a price of what I'm willing to pay because I want to hear what other people are willing to get paid um and this is where i have spoken to my husband about this like in the construction world they do bids on jobs so they'll have a job um and the the company that wants the job done they say this is what we need done and all the construction companies put out a bid and say we will do it for this price and basically whoever has the best price is who that company goes with and so I've kind of approached this in the similar way. Obviously, I want to make sure you're talented and you're, you know, the type of person that I want under my name and all those kinds of things. But if, if you check all those boxes and then, <laughs> did you guys hear that? <laughs> Stetson's literally sitting in my lap eating and he just burped so loud. Um, but if I'm putting out a job posting, essentially like I need an associate photographer for this day, what I've had happen is I put out that posting and someone will come to me and say, well, how much are you making on that day? I'll take 50% of that. And I'm like, what? (laughs) No, uh, I have, I do not, I am not entitled to tell you how much I am making off of this deal. And what I've noticed is people get frustrated that, because I've actually had some people say to me like, well, as an associate, I'm doing most of the work. And so I deserve to get paid at least 50% of what you're making. And I don't agree with that because there's a few things that come with that. One, you can name your price, whatever you're willing to do this for, that is on you. And if I'm willing to pay you what you are saying you wanna get paid, then great, we have a deal. Now, if you say a price and I'm like, nope, I don't wanna pay that, we can either negotiate or, or I'll find somebody else. Um, But I've noticed that like people are they feel like they because they're doing most of the actual physical work that they should get paid just as much. And I don't agree with that because and let me explain why. And this is where my mindset has had to shift a little bit into more of like the CEO boss mentality is while, yes, you physically might be going out and shooting this eight hour wedding day for me, but I got you the job. So it's essentially like you're it'd be like you working for any other company I mean if you worked for I don't know literally whatever some catering company I guess is the first example that comes to my brain like let's say you work for a restaurant you work for Texas what is that Texas Roadhouse Texas Steakhouse Roadhouse I think Um, and they get hired to cater a wedding well you're getting paid by the hour you're just getting paid your hourly wage you're not getting paid Half of what the company made, just because you're the one actually going out and doing the work. That's not how this works. So, I've never really understood that men- that mentality of like, well, I deserve to get paid just as much as you do because I'm the one physically doing it. And I'm doing you a favor. No, I'm hiring you to do a service, um, and I just I don't know. Like, it's just it's a weird thing. So. That was a big kind of eye-opening thing for me was just realizing like there's so many different opinions out there and maybe you guys don't agree with my opinion. Maybe you think one way or the other and that's totally fine. I just feel like if I'm the one that has established my business enough to where I can now hire other people and provide you with an income, I'm not entitled to or I'm not obligated i guess is the right word to pay you the same amount that i'm getting paid because you might physically be going out and doing more work but i've had to put in a lot more work to get that booking to do all the communication to set everything up um and so it's it's different it is it is different so i'd love to hear your thoughts on this um you can let me know on instagram send me a dm um, if you're a photographer and let me know kind of what your thoughts are on this and i'm sorry that this was so chaotic i kind of just went on like a full-on rant with my baby in my arms who is quite literally flailing (laughs) so but i am genuinely curious what your thoughts are as far as that goes and i also just want to touch base again that this is nobody on my team, everybody that I have used and have worked with so far has been absolutely amazing and a godsend to me. They are all literally so incredible. Um, It's just been such a growing process for me as I step into this new role of more taking more of a backseat to my own business. And that's just part of I guess, stepping into that CEO position of hiring a team underneath you, you just learn a lot about yourself and um, just about growing a team and and what that looks like and what kinds of people are good for you and what kinds of people aren't good for you. And um, there's obviously a lot of different mindsets out there. So um, if you're going to start your own photography team, Um, One day, this is, like I said, just my opinion, but I always like to hear, I listen to a lot of podcasts before I started mine on people that have done the same thing and and have shared a lot of the same opinions as I do, but some have different opinions than I do. Um, So anyway, I just wanted to put mine out there because I always like listening to things like this before I took a big step like that. Um, But I'm really looking forward to this year and next year and all the years to come um, to see what what that's going to look like for me and my team and my photography business as a whole. So um, yeah, really stoked for that. And I think that's all I have to rant about today. So uh, thanks for coming to my TED Talk. And um, I love you guys. And I will talk to you in the next one. You've just finished another episode of the Branded Cowgirl Podcast. And if that doesn't make you happier than a rooster on Sunday, then I don't know what will. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Branded Cowgirl Podcast and TikTok. Also join the exclusive Facebook group just for listeners. You can find it by searching Branded Cowgirl Podcast Insiders or head to the link in the show notes. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a five-star rating over on Apple Podcasts or wherever you are listening. It means the absolute world to me to read your kind words, but it also helps other amazing rural women find the show as well. If you would like to sponsor an episode or advertise on the Branded Cowgirl Podcast, then please head to sarahelrod.com slash sponsor BCP for more information. Thanks again for being here and I'll talk to you in the next one.